I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 6, Episode 20 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast, slated to come out for November 27th, 2023, and this is the last episode of the season. So when we come back in fall, in fall? No. When we come back in spring, we'll be on Season 7, and we'll probably have some stuff that we brewed, because we're recording this at the beginning of November, and we're going to come back somewhere around April, uh, you know, March, April. So should have, should have some stuff that we brewed. I know I'm thinking about making like a spicy ginger mead and like a couple of other things like that. So, so maybe making some more limoncello because I hate Skeeter P as a name. So we're mm-hmm. calling it limoncello now. Um, you know, like doing some stuff like that I think would be a lot of fun. And you might actually start brewing again too. So, mm-hmm. uh, But today for our beer, we're talking about Founder's Dirty Bastard. It's an 8.5% ABV, and I believe it's a stout. Um, it's Scotch-style ale, sorry. Um, so this is the beer that put them on the map, is what they say. It's dark ruby in color, and um, the bastard is complex in finish with rich notes of something, because my label got tore, and <laughs> dried fruits, and malty sweetness with a... Um, Something of hot-powered, give this uh, Scotch-style L all the attitude that its namesake implies. I didn't realize I had one with like a torn <laughs> label on it, so I didn't get, all right. the, didn't get all the description. But you've been sipping on it. Now, this is not the first time we've had this, and I don't think this is the first time we've done it on the podcast. So we may have done this it. before, but we don't always do unique beers. This has been one of those beers that we've talked about was like really good before. Mm-hmm. It is still very good. You know, I'm not sure how I rated it before because I don't know how long it was, and it took me a while to warm up to beer. But um, I feel I'm gonna make a a statement here. You ever play like a video game where you like all those sliders to yep. like set up your stats for your character? This beer feels like you went in the middle on all of them. <laughs> and not in like a bad way like it is so well balanced like it's a little bitter but it's also a little sweet mm-hmm. like it's got those dark notes but it's also got some light notes you know it's it's got a strong alcohol flavor but it's not like overly strong it is like almost the platonic ideal of a beer it is it is very much the ideal of a beer it is the um i mean founders great brewing company mm-hmm it is like the beer that they made that everyone was like, oh, these guys make good beer, you know? Um, yeah, because it checks so many notes. Like, it, it's not trying to be something very particular in flavor, I think. So, like, it's hard for me. Apart if you're just a person that just doesn't like beer in general. Yeah. Like, if you don't like that flavor profile, because every beer you're going to get, is, except for maybe some fruit beers, is going to be a little bit bitter. You know, if you can't handle bitterness at all, beer's just not for you. Right. But if you're a beer person, I don't know I could put this in front of a beer drinker and then say this is bad. Right. Like, it might not be their preferred style, but, like, anybody could drink this. So I can kind of believe them if they say this is what got them on the map. Because this, I think, has such wide market appeal. You know, you could give this beer to almost anybody, and I think they they would just be like, okay, yeah, cool, a beer. So the first time I had this, not the first time that we did it on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I went out to this place called Clouds um, Brewing, and it's like a, 
a, a German restaurant that also has beer and stuff like that. Mm. And it's, it kind of reminds me of like one of the first places that did like food and then you could also get like beer like on tap like mm-hmm. just by going up and like you know using a bracelet or something like that um so but they had a special they were like founders is releasing their dirty bastard and kentucky breast breakfast out for this year or whatever mm-hmm. and you know will you get one with you can get one with your meal and they served it in the glasses like the one that you have these okay. little like tulip glasses yeah and so but it was bigger and Venus got one, and I got one. Now Venus doesn't drink, mm. <laughs> and I I drink, but I don't like. I'm not always constantly drinking, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like maybe I was having a low blood sugar day, or I just didn't have enough food in me, or whatever. But you know, hit this, and then the KBS, like right back to back, and I think that's like twelve or thirteen percent, and yeah. eight eight and a half percent. I walked out of there, and I was like, ooh. This is, <laughs> I'm feeling it <laughs> right now because <laughs> I drank both of them back to back. Uh, but it was a great, it was a great meal. And I have a lot of fondness for this beer just because I have that like memory and everything. Um, but also it's a, I mean, it's just a really good beer. Like you said, like it's malty, it's sweet. It's kind of got like a butterscotch flavor on an aftertaste to it. Um, it, you know, has... Um, it, it has a lot of the notes that you would think that you would pull out of something that's like a barrel age, but it's not, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, like, it just is a good sipping beer. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite ones to grab whenever I see a new New Year's version come out. But I thought it'd be a fun one for us to either revisit or do for the first time on the, on the podcast. And I can't remember, eh, as I'm sitting here bumping into things, I can't remember if we did it before or we just had it like together at one point in time so yeah um but so yeah get the dirty bastard from founders if you haven't um let's talk about conference and airplane headphones now um i'm gonna set this up i know we already talked about a little bit but basically my 5.5 gen my fifth gen um iPod, I still have. I've turned it into a two terabyte iPod, but it still has the Wolfson DAC in it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I took that and um, I, uh, you know, like modded it and it has like tons of stuff on it. But basically, we took that iPod and uh, with the music that's loaded up on it, we ran five different pairs of headphones one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Uh, five different pairs of headphones. One of them is from United Airlines. It's the things mm-hmm. that they hand out to you when you get on the plane, and they're like, here, plug this into your whatever. And then the other one is one that we got at uh, the industry conference that we went to in June. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that one, you know, that, that Cisco Live thing. Um, so went there. I picked up two of them. I gave you one, but then we used the one that, that I, I had gotten. And then I have a pair of AKG headphones that are earbuds that I bought in like 2009 or 2008 or something like that. Uh, And then I replaced, well, no, it had to be 2009. And then I replaced them in like 2012, 2013, like around the time that, um, you know, I started like doing some of the more technical stuff and everything Mm -hmm. like that uh, because they, um, I lost them or maybe it was later than that. It might've been 2014. Either way. 
I've always thought that they were a pretty good set of headphones. They're kind of my go-to just to like carry around in a bag when the headphone jack on um, like phones went away. Mm-hmm. I quit using them as much because I don't have like a phone just to like plug them into. Yeah. But they're they're like like my go-to. And then um, we have some uh, XZTs. The I think that's what they they are. The um, um, in-ear monitors essentially and then i uh, have some truth ear x clinicals that we compared now this is not about anything except for the conference headphones and the um the united airlines of headphones mm-hmm. but the whole point of having those other ones with this is just to be able to sit down and say okay these are some things that we've agreed are good headphones we've talked about them on the podcast before they're great my question to you which is not what we talked about earlier. If you got on your, uh, went on an airline, mm-hmm. is it worth it, or you like went to a conference or whatever, just to pick these up and use them? Because they they were the ones that were given to you, and you can save a little bit of space on your bag. Or is the, you know, at the most two by three or two by two uh, inch square like place that you're going to have to put into your bag worth carrying this so that you can plug it into the headphone jack on the back of the airplane or you know mm. whatever device you got or whatever yeah i mean i think i think it's worth bringing your own frankly because even the the cheaper like ones you actually paid for were much better in quality yeah both music and voice now i'll say for completely free headphones the united airline and the trade conference ones were both pretty good like it's free i could plug that into american airlines little movie system and watch a movie and not be offended you know it certainly didn't hold up to something you would have bought at a store but you could do it and actually what surprised me was the conference headset had a much better voice quality than the united airline ones which didn't make a lot of sense to me because the conference ones are not for a particular device, right? Like, they're just for, like, here's here's some swag. And it's cheap swag, sure. But, like, if I was going to do anything with a pair of headsets, it's probably listen to music. Like, if I was going to be, like, watching conferences, I would have brought equipment with me. Like, if your idea was, oh, here's some headsets so you can connect to your laptop and watch maybe a presentation. No, I would have brought my own headsets for that. Whereas the United had the perfect pitch. It's like, I don't have wired headphones. You have movies. Right. So let me watch a movie. But then they had worse voice quality. And that's all a movie is. Like, I mean, there is music in a movie. There are sound effects in a movie. But I have to pick between hearing the sound effects and hearing the people talk. I'm kind of there for the people to talk. So it was a little, it, that was not what I was expecting. I was really expecting the conference ones to be better at music and the American Airlines ones to be better at voice. But, now, uh, I felt like it was the opposite. Well, I, I, let, let me let me preface that. I felt like the con- the conference ones were just better overall between mm-hmm. the two. And the United Airlines ones need to be thrown into a j- trash can and burned. Like, they were t- so terrible. Um they sounded bad. They were muffled. They like, th- so they didn't have any audio separation. No. They didn't. So like on an airplane, I, pl- I plug them in. Even I, I could trade out the 
ear tips maybe with something that's better, but then I'm bringing mm-hmm. those with me, right? Yep. And, um, you know, like, I'm just going to hear everything around me. So the noise of the airplane, that constant background noise as it flies through the air, you know, um, is going to be there. It's going to be in my ears. They're not killing any of that. What is the purpose of those things? I really do think it is for the people that are like, hey, uh, maybe you'd plan to do X for entertainment. That didn't work out. Here you can watch a movie. Yeah. Because those things probably cost just a couple cents each. They're so cheaply made. I will mean, I did think the, the range, like in terms of frequency, was a little bit better on those. Okay. Or, well, okay, maybe I should say this. Its quality was more evenly spread out across that range. Okay, Where, I can get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas the conference ones were very much dialed into like human speaking ranges. Um, the music was—I mean, the music wasn't bad. I mean, okay, I should say this: it wasn't good, but compared <laughs> to United, it wasn't that much worse. Yeah. It was just noticeably better human voice range. I I agree with that. Um, the the conference ones though, they had a little bit more separation for me. Oh they yeah, fit they my do. ears a little bit more. I mean, they still you could hear things that were going on. Yeah, but you know, it's not like the the truth ears. I've got these like uh, ear tips on them, but they also have like good noise isolation overall. And so, like when they were in my ear, they just kind of prevented me from hearing too much of the world around me. Yeah, uh, the same thing with the XZTs and um, even the AKGs, which aren't like I don't have them dialed in to have like special. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, foam ear tips that are more noise isolating and stuff like that. I'm sure that I could get something like that with these, but the plastic on them is so thin, I could tell that I would be able to hear, like, their housing where their drivers are would also resonate the noise from outside. And the cables also, like, when I rubbed up against something, yeah. they transferred noise through them, uh, which is not cool <laughs> you know for something like that especially if you're gonna like have it on an airplane um so i mean realistically this is a joke i'm not like suggesting that you get either one of these things but if you got one and you got it like if your kid didn't have something and they needed something and you could pick up like these little like chintzy headphones that you had got like from a conference or you know, like like something mm-hmm. that's that same like little thing. It's like ten cents or you know a dollar or something like that from like a vending machine or I mean realistically probably five or ten dollars. Yeah, that's I was gonna say I, better I, than I mean that better than not having them have anything. That's true. Like if you if you forgot to pack your kids' headphones and they want to listen to their iPad, then yeah, grab them. It's better than nothing. But that same side, we buy my daughter headphones for her iPad and other things like that. Mm-hmm. But they cost us like 10 bucks. Right. And they're like actual, a full-sized headset. Right. That even has like little cute kid stuff on it, little cat ears and stuff like that. And they're way, way better. Way better than this. So, like, don't get these. Go to the whatever at the airport and just spend the 30 or $40 for your $10 pair of headphones and use those essentially yeah i mean realistically <laughs> if, you, if you got the plan i think i still stand by because this happened to me um i got tired of listening to music and i wanted to watch a movie and they had headsets and i was able to go watch you know i think it was like the first john wick or whatever it was mm-hmm. and that was an enjoyable experience like i like that they do provide them that is nice because very few people have wired headsets anymore now that they've taken them out of phones yeah I, um, I, that's true i'm one of the weird people that has like 10 of them and i just carry them around with me everywhere yeah i mean we're, we're kind of exceptions <laughs> because you know we like stuff like that but your average person i don't think has a wired headset anymore probably not i would i would suggest though for 
like you could pick up a pair of these AKGs or some truth ears for less mm-hmm. than like a hundred bucks, 50 bucks. If you have the money to spare, it is like just having that in your pocket is a game changer whenever you need a pair of wired headset. Yeah. Or like if you're, you're like, say if you have AirPods and something doesn't have Bluetooth or something, you can, you know, just plug that in. Yeah. That's the other thing. I mean, I, I think that's the, that's the part that we're really struggling with is that there are still a couple instances in the world where having a wired headset is really useful, but there is a greater number of a wired headset does nothing. Right. Cause there's no Jack anymore. Right. So it's like, it's all Bluetooth. So it's, it's this weird dichotomy where it's like, I've, got, I've spent the, you know, however much on a nice pair of Bluetooth headsets. And now I find myself in that situation where that does nothing for me because this little thing right here only does analog. Yeah, and I think that's really where something like the um, the the Fio BTR um, five or BTR three comes in, or is it BTK? I can't remember the the little um, Bluetooth uh, you know dongle thing. But you can also plug it into something. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can turn a pair of wired headsets into wireless headsets. Yep, yep, like that. So that's what a hundred bucks, and um, you get a pair of like say the AKGs for like 10 but if they still sell them but you could get the XZTs for um 25 bucks and so 125 bucks ish depending on where you live and stuff like that so don't quote mm-hmm. me on like the exact money but let's say max 150 you've got yourself a travel set of things that you can carry around with you you've got all situations covered yeah yeah so and that's cheaper than any sort of like anything and they're pretty good at sound isolation they're not noise isolating so they're not going to be like an airpod Mm -hmm. or um airpod pro not airpod or um like you know a bose quiet comfort or something like that which i mean i've gotten to the point now where like any like the microsoft surface headphones that we like so much right the the mic on them is okay, but the the actual like listening experience is yeah. phenomenal, right? Um, they have a cable, so you can just plug a cable into those if you just have one, yep. and they'll turn them in from Bluetooth into a wired headset, and you can just carry the freaking cable with you. It's a exactly. thin, tiny cable, yep. right? You've already got to carry the, the pack with you anyway, so yeah. Um, this this was a good uh, a good reason for me to like go back to my days when I had to listen to like really cheap headphones mm-hmm. and like realize how much better the headphones that I listen to now because I get a little bit spoiled right like I've got some really I've got hundreds of dollars worth of audio equipment and like sometimes I'll listen to them I'm like you know this doesn't really bring that spark of joy like it used to yeah. and then i'd switch between two things like this and i'm like oh no this absolutely is the spark of joy right here i've just yeah, forgotten yeah. I've, I've you've gotten used to it i've gotten so used to it yeah so um but yeah i, I mean i agree with you though uh if you're flying and you don't have anything else you get the united but for for god's sake carry something else <laughs> when we were going out there uh if i'd have known that you didn't have a wired headset i would have been like dude let me let me let you borrow one of the ones that i've got in my backpack <laughs> well yeah well the thing was i'd not planned to use one like uh i was gonna like do stuff with my laptop and listen to music which i did for a long mm-hmm. time but it was like ah uh, you know i'd kind of like to watch a movie 
Uh, I just hadn't thought I'd want to because most of the time the movie selections are pretty poor, but they were actually pretty good on that flight. Yeah, they you were. Know, there were some movies that I actually had been meaning to see. I was like, this is a perfect opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a three, four-hour flight, not too bad to watch a movie, listen to some music. I mean, yeah. I played video games the whole time, right? So mm-hmm. um, it, I had a good time. I think I got, like, halfway through um, Final Fantasy Tactics. Or maybe halfway through the beginning of Final Fantasy Tactics. I'm pretty sure I didn't get halfway through it. Um, but, yeah. Have you heard of Apple's a- Metal API? A little bit. I mean, I did some research on it after I saw the topic, but I hadn't heard about it before okay. then. So, what do you know about it? Not too much. I mean, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. Like, I read through a, an article that kind of discussed it. Okay. But I didn't have a chance to, like, go actually look at any API docs if they're available yet or anything yeah. like that. So, the, the, it's basically an API that is created that developers can take advantage of, like um, DirectX. Mm-hmm. And you can use the hardware in Apple products, specifically Apple Silicon, like the M3, the M1, the M2, whatever. Really, the new iPhone 15 is the thing that they're touting so much for it, probably the iPad eventually. But it's for games because, you know, that's the important thing. But (laughs) Resident Evil 6 Mm -hmm. can now natively run on iPhones. Okay. So the thing I I didn't get a clear answer on with a little bit of research time I had is, is this an actual like a rest api or is this more like an sdk it is an sdk plus okay. an api so it's like DirectX. so do you know how you have the DirectX sdk and all mm-hmm. that other stuff that you can do when you're developing you can optimize your game or like make it so that windows i mean that's what makes windows so great right yeah it's the same sort of thing but for apple silicon products okay okay yeah that makes a lot of sense then so that's that's probably a very smart move on their part yeah because i think I think kind of gone are the days that people want, want to have multiple computers. You know, it was not uncommon when we were growing up that, like, if you even had a PC in your house, because that was a newer technology, you had kind of, like, the PC maybe you played games on, and then the one that was, like, the family work computer. Yeah. You know, or, like, you had your gaming PC, but also, like, a laptop and stuff like that. And I think people are moving closer towards you want to have one computer that can do everything. Well, That's a real challenge for the Apple Mythos, because they've got... They've got the powerful enough hardware. They just didn't have the software support. So really what they want, though, because you can already play stuff like through Rosetta and stuff like that. So, you know, Windows games or something like that can take advantage of uh, some of the other drivers and um, translation layers that are already Mm -hmm. out there. The thing about this is handheld gaming. So they're kind of going after, like, the Steam Deck and things like that. And so they want to turn your iPad and your iPhone with, like, you know, you carry, like, a little uh, handheld uh, mm-hmm. uh, grip that you put on it. It turns it into, you know, like, basically a handheld gaming device. And then you can play whatever, you know, gets put on the iPhone. Yeah. So you, if you, I mean, it, iPhones already, and, and iPads, if you have the right stuff, you can do, um, you know, emulation and stuff like that so this would just like basically make a little tiny steam deck essentially uh it basically runs resident like triple a titles at about Mm. the same um uh uh you know 
resolution as like a Steam Deck. It's not as optimized though. Yeah, yeah. So well, um, I mean, with the SDK though, it probably will over time become so. Like as people make new games and stuff, you can have your OS versions that are like more that are more easily accessible to the hardware. So Resident Evil Six on both, um, whether you're talking about the Steam Deck or the Apple, the, it's they uh, Capcom specifically made. Uh, Resident Evil 6 so that it would run on like all three. They've optimized mm-hmm. it for all the handheld gaming stuff. It doesn't look terrible. It runs pretty okay. It just doesn't, like you can't hit higher FPS. You can't you like do all these other things because the hardware isn't quite powerful enough to run it. Yeah, but I mean, you also have the problem that like it's probably not actually that optimized because they made RE6 and then released RE6 and then many years later, uh, this SDK came out. And they're not, like, it's not built from the ground up with the idea of compatibility with this system. So, like, it's really the games that will come out in the next year or two. I think we'll see how well they can they optimize that platform. I, I mean, I can't agree with that. That, that. I mean, indie games, stuff like that, that run on Apple Silicon and, you know, other things. It's just a matter of the developer just being like, I really want to optimize it for mm-hmm. everything, right? Um, however, I disagree with you that they didn't optimize it. They optimize it's like Cyberpunk 2077, right? Um, it was optimized for the Steam Deck. Uh, it the, it released years before um, Project CD Project Red knew that the Steam Deck was coming out. They partnered with Valve to make sure that on the launch day you could run. Um, See, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 at at least 24 frames per second mm-hmm. on the Steam Deck and you, it might be all low settings but it was optimized it didn't look terrible you could have a fun time like they did that right that's the same thing that they've done with Resident Evil 6 they, they basically they knew this was coming out they knew it was happening they partnered with Apple and they made all these things happen they did the same thing with Resident Evil 6 with Steam Deck too and like some mm-hmm. other things so that's how you're able to like, kind of compare these things, like, like um, whether you're talking about the, you know, ROG Ally or something like that. Yeah, which yeah. The, You know, you could like look at all those things and kind of compare the two. Um, it legitimately is a really good gaming experience, especially for one where if you think about it, in the Apple ecosystem, oh, oh it makes me feel so ugh, like dirty, like saying it like that. Yeah. But in the Apple ecosystem, you could have cross-save compatibility between all of your devices. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess what I'm just getting at, though, is like there's a difference between I've taken an existing product and I've optimized it. And I've built something from the ground up for a particular platform. You know, like, like think about it just like um, any other piece of software. If I wrote, uh, you know, like a library to handle Cisco iOS devices in NSO. Yeah. And then suddenly we start supporting Nexus devices. I say, okay, I'm going to take the same thing I made for iOS. I'm going to make some quick changes with the Nexus Net, and now it works. Sure, it works, and it probably works pretty well. But it's not going to work as well as if I had sat down at that day and said, I'm going to start completely over and do everything to leverage the Nexus platform the best that I can. So, like, I understand, like, what you're saying. They certainly, they put time and effort in to optimize it. But I think saying I'm taking existing products and re-optimizing them for another platform 
is never going to be as efficient as I'm going to build something from the ground up with that platform in mind. I, I completely agree with you, not disagreeing with you on that. I guess what I was trying to say is there's a connotation when you say, like, you took something that's existing and you just kind of, like, made it work with this thing versus you actually put effort into it. So it's, like, somewhere in between. The yeah, two yeah. I don't want to imply that, like, they didn't do a good job. I'm sure they, right. they did their best with the resources they had. But also, like, the resources you have are less when you go back and you re-optimize something versus, you know, like we talked about how expensive AAA games are. Right. You know, they can cost hundreds of millions of dollars now. I don't think RE6 costs that. It probably costs a dozen or two million. But they had two dozen million to make the game. They probably got 100, 200,000 to optimize for the Apple program after Maybe, that. or Apple, like, gave them funds to do it and so they may have had millions of dollars to do it depending because apple really wants this to happen um i think i think though because i don't know those details and i don't necessarily want to speak on that mm -hmm. you know but i th i think though the the big thing is you start looking at these indie games that are coming out that can be across everything yeah and then you have an sdk that allows you to unlock the hardware's potential mm -hmm. actually with it and you start having games like Dave the Diver in your pocket on your iPhone. Yeah, that's huge. You know, a lot of developers kind of stray away a little bit from Mac because of the complexity of developing right. on those platforms. A lot more of them are doing things like, I'm going to make sure it's you know Wine or some sort of emulator compatible. Now that they can just say, hey, look, I'm going to go make this in a version that's more native for that platform. It does make it look a lot more like the mobile market. Yeah, you know, exactly. And that's that's pretty big when you can say the device in my pocket, the device in my backpack, and my device at home are all running off of a common OS platform that I can share this game between. And that makes me kind of throw up a little bit in my mouth, but that's also like kind of the dream too. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I want it on like a Linux-based thing, uh, essentially, because that I think is the the way to go. But Apple might be beating them to the punch. Yeah. At here, and and here's the thing, like with that. Because you have an Apple TV and, you know, like you have some sort of controller now, controller compatibility with that. That's true. You go from, I, I was playing it on the bus, like while I was commuting between job, like working mm -hmm. and, and everything. I get off the bus, I put my phone in my pocket, I come home, I sit down, I've eaten dinner, whatever, hanging out. I want to play some more before bedtime, turn on my TV, that's my gaming setup. Yeah. That kind of like kills things like, you know, um, Steam Links and stuff like that. I mean, that like essentially is what all that stuff was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, which, if Valve hadn't done all that work and made all these products up to this point, we wouldn't have the, you know, Apple VR and Apple doing this and the Apple handheld yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. So like, I'm super excited about it because the competition brings that. But also the locked in, like, you can't get your saves out and all sorts of things like that make me, yeah. like, feel a little scummy. Yeah, the lock into the Apple ethos, I'm not sure I'm a fan of. I'm, I'm still, I've never bought a home Apple device, and I probably never will, except for an iPhone a long, long time ago for work. You know, I'm not going to buy, like, an Apple PC for myself, most likely. But, you know, for those people that have Apple devices and like Apple devices, that's a good development for them. Yeah. So, like, I'm happy for those people. It's not necessarily for me. And see, like, I kind of have to use an iPhone because my close, my really close friend that's over in Germany, mm -hmm. she, like, can't, 
she's not it, well, i don't mean to make it sound like she's not technically we've tried other solutions and this is the best solution for us to be able to talk yeah. to each other and like maintain contact constantly and we don't want to lose that like friendship that relationship so in order to do this in a way where we're still like able to like connect I carry around an iPhone that's like my primary device that I use for just about everything, like mm -hmm. communicating and everything like that. And legitimately being able to play like my, like if they could just open it up where I got cross save compatibility with like my Steam games. Like yeah. if I bought a game on Steam, I could install it on my iPhone. <gasps> that would be awesome. You know, mm -hmm. like being able to have that sort of thing set up, which I know is not going to happen or on my iPad and being able to do that. And that's my gaming device that I carry with me whenever I'm like traveling or something like that. Yeah. Sorry, Steam Deck. I know you just came out with a new version. I wanted to talk about that in this show, but we're not going to. No, it's um, okay. But I mean, like, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily so far away from what you want to do. Right. Because like, when you buy a game on Steam, you don't buy the Windows version or the Mac version or the mobile version. You can have it on anything you can install Steam on. Yeah. So like it's not here today, but that might that might be something that can happen. It may be. Absolutely. And that's something that's really exciting. Um, and like USB C now and you get USB three speeds on USB C with mm -hmm. like it's a really exciting time. I absolutely prefer Android phones. Um but if I could have a one terabyte phone in my, like, one terabyte of storage phone in my pocket mm -hmm. that can also play all the indie games and most of the, like, role-playing games that I want to play, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'd only had to buy them on Steam because I had them for cross-compatibility and all my stuff cross-save, that's like chef's kiss perfect mm. Yeah, right there. I can definitely see that. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, I would, my, my opinion of Apple would change a little bit if they opened that up a little bit more. But overall, that's a really good move, I think. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'll babble on about like how great this is for a while. But I know that you, you use Mint or have in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a, a pretty big fan of Mint. Um, I don't use it like super consistently. Mm -hmm. But I do every month go in and look at the budget and make sure we're kind of like staying where we want to and trying to get creative with things. Because it's hard uh, with all the inflation going around to stick within a budget super cleanly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And I heard, you know, that's that's going away. They're going to try and merge a lot of it with uh, another product. I think Credit Karma they bought. Yeah, Credit Karma. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I, I also have Credit Karma as like part of that suite. Yeah. Because you just basically sign up for the site. Right. So, like, my subscription to Mint also does my TurboTax and everything else. But, see, I don't but use like, any of the other products. Yeah. That. So, like, I've only used the free service that Mint provides, mm -hmm. you know, and that's going away now. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting. I want to see what their uh, their pricing model ends up looking like for Credit Karma because the Mint subscription is incredibly cheap. It's, like, one or two bucks a month. Yep. So, you know, if they're going to bring as many of those features as they can to that platform and they're going to consolidate – I do see, I mean, there is a lot of overlap. And yeah. quite frankly, Credit Karma is the much more better known product. You know, most people know of Credit Karma. Very few people, I think, know of Mint if you're not, like, trying to do personal finance. So I understand it from a business decision. I'm waiting to see what does their execution actually look like. Yeah, if not, I might switch to something like YNAB or something like that because those are apps, even though they're not necessarily, like, for a phone, you know, mm -hmm. which is the awesome thing about Mint. You can 
just have it on your phone. Yeah, it's right? on your phone. Um, but yeah, so I kind of feel like that is a sad day, like sad trumpet. You know, yeah, sort of deal. I was a little bummed to uh, to learn about it. Definitely, because I mean it's been around for a long time. Yeah, people have been using it for a while. Like I think I've been using it for like seven or eight years, something yeah. like that. It's been a while. Like we when we well, it, I mean we talked about it on this podcast in like the first season. If you remember, because we were talking about finances and oh, like, yeah, yeah you were like, I've found like I use Mint and I was like, yeah, I kind of do too sometimes. Mm-hmm. We talked about it back and forth. It might have been the second season, but I'm pretty sure it was the first yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, it was early on. I mean, we've been, yeah. I mean, certainly longer than my kids have been alive by a long shot. Well, this this show's been going for almost eight years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so because um, the first season was like two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the season seven will be our eighth year. So. Wow, that's yeah, a, that's weird to say out loud. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> weird to say. We've been doing this consistently enough, like, and we've had enough fun doing it and talking about junk and drinking beer, like, for eight years. That's like some sort of achievement. I feel like we should get like a little like, like do do. You like have one. We'll, we'll get special Christmas ornaments on the ten year anniversary. Yeah, we will absolutely do that. That will. I'll have. I actually know how we will do it too. We will have beer and broadband Christmas ornaments made. And those little eggs that Venus makes, oh, we'll yeah, have yeah, them yeah. painted up, and we'll have like two or three of them made. That'll be good. We yeah. should also we got to do like a we got to find our like top five beers that we've liked, oh, and yeah. then do like a little flight. So like our last episode, our first episode will be like wine. The middle one will be mead. Our next one will be cider. And then yeah, our we'll last one the will be beer, or we'll do some sort of thing like that. Yeah. Yeah, because it'd be great to go back and the one, things that we really liked in the first couple seasons, see how our change, our tastes have changed after yeah. like seven or eight years. Like some of the, or like, give me the, the opposite, um, some of the ones we didn't like. Like, look, you're not going to save Dale's Pale Ale. Um, <laughs> or that, I still remember that one. That Triple X Maximus Hop. Like yeah, thing. whatever was that like, was. Oh yeah. god! But I bet you could you could go back to season one and find some of these beers that you liked. I was like, mm, that's really not for me, and it'd be interesting to see what I think about them now. Yeah, I I would love to I'd love to do that. We should do that if we can if they still make them. Like I don't think they make the I don't, I, I know Deschutes is still around, but I don't think they make the Abyss anymore. Okay, yeah. So yeah. like we would have to go and like find some. But you did like the Abyss a whole lot. I did, yeah. Um, so we would have to find ones that you were like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good beer. Like, because, you know, code name for, yeah, that's a good beer, oftentimes with Ricky is, that's an okay thing that I like. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of my, like, we, we've had quite a few beers, uh, especially this season that I've really enjoyed. But definitely early days, there's a lot of, like, I can tell just from the brewing I do that that is a well-made product. Right. But I'm not going to drink it. Yep. I, um, <laughs> I remember <laughs> one of the beers. I was sitting there, I just kept drinking. You're like, why Why do you keep drinking that? Because you hate it so much. And I was like, because um, I want to punish myself for having bought yeah, this. Yeah, I don't remember what the beer was, but <laughs> I definitely remember that It was that Triple X Maximus yeah, Hopium, yeah. <laughs> the one from uh, what, whatever, like they're like Hop Fanatics or whatever. Like I looked, Laguntas uh, Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. That's who it was from. Yeah, it was like Triple X Maximus Hopium or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I was just like, sipping on it and you're like why are you still drinking this because um i feel like i did a bad thing and i should be punished (laughs) uh anyways uh i mean that's kind of the story of my life right i feel like i did a bad thing and you know whatever um 
but this is the last episode of season six. So is there anything else that you want to say before we're, we sign off for the season? I mean, I guess just thank you for listening for eight years. I mean, it's been that long. Yeah. Everybody that's listened for since the beginning or like, you know, since like the second season, I think, cause that's when most of our listeners started up. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate you guys listening. We do this for fun. We don't like really promote it or anything like that. So Anyone that's finding this, that's enjoying it, that likes listening to us ramble about tech and beer, thank you for listening. Uh, We really appreciate you. And uh, if we've ever done anything that helped you with your IT career, awesome. That's also rewarding, I think. Um, So, yeah, um, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next season. Talk to you later.